What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now kind of, sort of, hiring-ish? Ish? A new trend is sweeping the corporate world, and it's called quiet quitting. Ooh. What is that? Let's go. Let's go. Good shit, Roy. Let's go. Quiet quitting is the process of workers no longer going above and beyond and instead doing only what their job description requires of them and only that. And at 4.59 and 59 seconds p.m., bitch, I'm gone. Yes. Respect. I'm not staying late. I'm not replying to an email after 5 p.m. I ain't talking to you on the weekend. No. No. But they call it quiet quitting because they know your boss going to fire your bitch ass for not doing a little above and beyond. There has to be a middle ground. I don't like it. Why? Mm. That sounds like government mm. work to me. You just do the bare minimum. It sounds like the Fed. People in the D.C. area have been working that, that game for a very long time. It's the way that you, you know, start working in the Fed when you're in high school and you just don't go to college and you stay there. and You never really do more than what you're supposed to do. That's how the government works. At least you can't stay till 515, my father. No, why would I stay till 515? Did you give me an extra paycheck? Because we got to get the form done and the thing mm. and the printer was broken. But I need your help, no. Jacqueline. Are you a team Mm-mm. player? Nope. Mm-mm. Not really. I'm going to fucking pay you the 515. I didn't say work for free. I'm not an hourly oh, employee, so you're not paying me anything extra Ooh. anyway. So the upside to quiet quitting is this, J.G., uh-huh. It's going to get rid of all the ageism when it comes to hiring because everybody looks at job applications and after a certain age, they believe mm. that those applications aren't optimized or earmarked as hireable people. You telling me a 60 year old applicant ain't going to stay till 515? Motherfucker, you crazy. True. But you're not going to hire. I wouldn't hire. The, I wouldn't hire nothing but 60 year olds. <laughs> they stay until 830. Mean, mean 60 year olds too. You're not going to hire a 60-year-old who's going to make $13 and $18 an hour. They want a salary. We'll see. Sometimes people we'll just see. want shit to do. Oh, I, I'm we, we'll now. see. Look, I'm still trying to figure out ageism is I'm older than both of you. So I'm still trying to figure out how the fuck the ageism comes We don't have any 60-plus on this staff. <laughs> My dad going to need something to do soon. My mama been asking. Look, see? My mama been asking. So, you know, I might bring her on board. She's just going to proofread everything. She likes to <laughs> You know, she's already a silent producer because she calls with notes. And so explain some of the notes. This is my job to talk a little wrestling today. We got the homie Jonathan Coachman going to join the show. I did not know that he used to be in the WWE before he landed at SportsCenter. So we're going to learn a little bit about the world of wrestling. He worked pretty much everything you could do in the world of WWE except for vendor in the stadium. Man, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had Rod early on in the show, and he talked about how sometimes, you know, you'll say things and, you sound like you're real old and you just be missing stuff. The the one thing that, that I, I'm proud that uh, Jacqueline and I actually kind of bonded over on this is how in the world you ain't know that Jonathan Coachman wasn't in wrestling? 
Oh, the coach. I didn't know That's that, the right? Coach. Y'all I didn't, didn't know, know the coaches? Of, oh, my God. Seriously? But I stopped. I stopped watching wrestling when I left college in 0102. The Rock was on the rise. Mm-hmm. The Rock wasn't even The Rock yet. Mm-hmm. It was still smell what The Rock yeah. was cooking. I mean, you give me, you tell me whether or not my timeline is No, right. your timeline is absolutely but, correct. And, I, and for whatever it's worth, at that point in my life, was I was Goldberg and Triple H at the oh, top yeah. of the mountain. Oh, yeah. And The Rock was on his way. And um, I, I, I was super into Raz, and I can't even front. Like, I knew it was fake. You, I mean, I'm not going to say it was fake. That's wrong. That's not the right thing to say. But, like, I knew it was scripted. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew that they practiced the moves. I knew yeah, that all the stuff opera. that was happening. I knew it was a grown-ass soap opera, but, damn it, I was all the way into it. it I loved wrestling, man. And, and, and it, came it. it came from my grandmama. It came from my grandmama in there because if I wanted to sit up and talk, watch uh, stuff with my grandmama, my grandmama was happy that she had TBS. At TBS, you just show all the wrestling. So I used to sit down with her, watch Junkyard yeah. Dog, all that kind of stuff going up. And that's how I remember Coachman because it was weird for a black guy to have the job that he had doing that stuff with wrestling. Like, it was weird. What's amazing when you look at cancel culture mm-hmm. and you want to talk about stuff that doesn't stand up and they're, like, going back and taking the word nigger out of Huck Finn and they're going back Out of gone with the wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're taking, like, homophobic scenes out of movies and, like, but wrestling... They ain't touched at all. And <laughs> wrestling didn't do nothing but bathe itself in stereotypes. Oh. Like, next to comedy, like, say, in Living Color, wrestling was your first introduction into other cultures. Like, I, I, as a Southern Alabama boy, when the fuck am I going to meet an Arab person? Iron well, Sheik. they must all behave like the Iron Sheik, no as doubt. far as I'm concerned. It was literally like wrestling was just basically, all right, who are you, black Fuck it. You're a nigga that works in a junkyard. Junkyard, junkyard dog. dog. Who are you, black? You're from an island? Here's a here's a, here's a a parrot, nigga. Walk around with this parrot. And Coco beware. Coco beware, baby. I remember. Who are you? Who are you? A hillbilly? Fuck it. Hacksaw Jim Hacksaw Dunn. Jim Dunn. Put on these Take overalls. this two by four and walk around. Can you cross your eyes? Can you cross your eyes? Oh. I love how you keep calling it both of you wrestling. 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 Yeah. Wrestling. That's what it is. It is somewhere it's wrestling. You know E and S. It's wrestling. If you say wrestling, then you talking about, if you say wrestling, then all of a sudden you talk about the white boys and the little pennies and the stuff. Olympic, Sque- yeah, yeah, squeezing all over each other and doing all the weird stuff. That, that's what that's what wrestling is. Yeah, yeah, that's what wrestling is. Wrestling. But wrestling is jumping from the top rope with a hacksaw. And doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing. We used yes. to sit well, in my grandmother's living room. Her name was Naomi. She's gone on. But we used to sit in her living room. It was like a little sunken living room. All the grandkids. And we used to drink pickle juice watching, as you call it, wrestling. Because she said like that. down south shit. Man. <laughs> and she loved it. I loved it. So we loved it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I don't watch it with my son. Oh, no. No, we don't do that. Like, there's just something about... No, no, I can't do that. (laughs) Sorry. We almost killed each other growing up trying (laughs) to copy wrestling moves. What? Like, legitimate. Like, when I look back in recollection... This was completely reckless behavior. My cousin Vashon got four stitches over the top of his eye. I almost lost his eye because we were doing superfly Jimmy Snooker backflips off of shit. We were putting each other in full Nelson figure four leg locks, suplexes, all mm-hmm. that shit, man. And my son is already rambunctious enough Aww. as it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he don't. He don't need to see this and then I, take that to okay. school. Yeah. You don't need to do that. We watch BattleBots, so he'll he'll <laughs> he'll demolish his cars, thinking they're like robots okay. that are colliding. And I support that. That's fine. Yeah. That's the line when it comes to violent television. Because wrestling, man, wrestling was so good that it took black people a long time to finally get mad at Hulk Hogan for saying "nigga." A long time. A we long went, time. We wasn't mad right away. Nah, he had a. It, it was like it was a slow burn, right. and then like two years later, like. All right, Hulk Hogan got to go. Yeah, it's damn it. <laughs> it's like Paula Dean. Uh, you had to think about ooh. it. Yeah. Yes. Man, we got to have a meeting about this. Yeah, right. That damn, that butter be hit. Paula can cook a ham. About to say, she said it anywhere, but have you tried her bacon? The woman can cook. Like, I am sorry. I'm, 
I might have to set it when I was eating it. I, man, you know, I decided not to show my son wrestling for the exact same reason. Hmm. I was, I was, I was, I was absolutely concerned that this idiot would go flying off of the top of the staircase trying to prove a point. And what I've learned so far is that I showed it to him and he surprised me by looking at me and saying, daddy, these people are stupid. And I was like, oh, okay. Can I turn the channel? And I was like, well, sure. (laughs) Well, I was the only girl in a group of boy cousins up until I I was like 16. I've been in a pal drive. I pal drive someone else. I've done the figure four. I've done a suplex. Violent. Violent. JG, I didn't have anybody else to play with. I was the only girl, and they didn't see me. I was their cousin. They don't see me anything else. And when I was much, much younger. So they treated you like a grown-ass man the whole time. That's why I can handle men so well. Please, I'm very girly, but I can handle men so well because up until I was 17, all my cousins were men, boys, you know? And when I was much younger, because the way I grew up, if you went somewhere, everybody had to go together. So they would put a bandana on me, a hat, and everybody's voice was high anyway. So <laughs> I can throw a spiral like nobody's business. Okay. Okay. Jacqueline, you got to put all this shit in your dating profile. <laughs> two hours. If you saw that in a woman's dating profile, I can throw a tight spiral yeah. on the out route. I'm giving it a shot. <laughs> I'm giving her the shot. If you could throw an out route spiral, I'm giving you the shot. I'm sorry. I totally understand sports and have no interest in them. It's time for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Now, JG. Yes. I understand that somebody wrote me a letter, handwritten. Physical letter that someone brought to me in LA. That's that's uncomfortable. She came up to me, she touched me on my shoulder, and she gave me this letter. And on the side it says, Can you please give this to Mr. Roy Wood Jr., aka Snack Turner? That's a paternity. It says Roy, don't let her open that. Why'd y'all let her open that shit, Don't let her read this on the air. Don't you drop that yellow cake, nigga. Don't you open that damn. Snack Turner, I already know this about some Choco Taco hatred. My apologies. No, my apologies. For anthrax and COVID and shit, JG? Like, did you shake it off? This was in the bottom of my side. Not tight. Not tight. I know it's a tangible letter, but did they type or handwrite? No, handwritten. Can you see this? Oh, that's handwritten, bro. Look at that. You got a a, a baby out there. (laughs) When you handwrite something, it's either extreme love or extreme hatred. There's no in between with writing something by hand. It's either professing love or it is a fucking manifesto. Here's why I killed all them motherfuckers. That's the You're I'm right. serious. You're right. Ain't no, ain't no such thing as a just say, just saying hello letter. <laughs> ain't Mm-mm. no such thing as that. You right about that. I bro. totally agree with that shit. But it says 8 July 2022. Dear Mr. Roy Wood Jr. And she put a comma between Wood and Jr. I hope that okay, when you read MLA this. MLA format. Absolutely. She says, I hope that when you read this, that it fills your heart with joy because that is what your jokes bring to those who hear them. In an utterly dreamy God. world. <laughs> you're 11 amusing. years ago, we met outside Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> Here's a picture of your son. He <laughs> Look at him in his golden corral uniform. (laughs) (laughs) I saw you at the comedy store February 2010. (laughs) You're so wrong. It says, in an utterly dreamy world, your amusing anecdotes and stupendous stories make one grin from ear to ear. On many occasions, I have used your Twitter, what a glorious assemblage of hilarity, and your plethora Mm. of YouTube videos when I'm in need of a little laughter. I'm not alone in the uplifting experience of that joy that you exude when you speak. It makes one so cheerful to laugh and smile. So thank you. May you be blessed as you have blessed me. You have penned so many jokes. So please keep writing more, please. 
for the love of God and humanity. Never stop what you're doing because you're making a positive impact. Kind regards, Anon. I think yeah, they slipped sweet. you a book. Hire a goddamn bodyguard <laughs> and make sure you flush your toenail clippers <laughs> down the toilet. Well, that's very kind. You were standing there. She wanted to get there, but she stopped oh, at me. Well, I wish she'd have given it to me. But thank you, anonymous person. And I appreciate that. Well, that's that. You know what, JG? It's very nice of this woman sweet. to write me this letter. She was a sweet. Creepy, but you know what? I appreciate it. I'm glad it worked out. Yes. Next time motherfucker coming to you, handing you something to hand to me, just tell them we don't, we don't negotiate with Terry. So the next time someone hands me a fifth of scotch that has aged perfectly, you want me to tell them that? Now, that was a different scenario. Oh. Well, nonetheless, no mystery creepy lady oh. who wrote me a handwritten letter. Word. And was kind enough to say nice things to me. And I said no anthrax. Oh. Thank you for coming to the Tribulation show out there at the Bourbon Room a couple months ago. And for that mystery, creepy handwriting letter lady, (laughs) you are Cody's (gasps) most outstanding employee of the week. Brought to you by Sackleson State Community College. As always, log on online if you are cuter than a seven. Uh, Support this. Worse than first time. Now, JG. Yes. Are you a gambler? Do you gamble? Okay. I have gambled. I'm actually really lucky at the craps table, but I don't care anything about it. Really? So you're one of them people, you just be winning money and don't know how you want it. You're one of those. Yeah. And then I just walk off because I want to go to the buffet. You're the fucking worst. Third, what's your (laughs) your gambling preference? What's your game? What are you? Uh, if If I'm playing cards, I'm a 21 guy, but I also... Uh, mess with uh, a couple of different uh, betting services because you know my Premier League obsession. I have to do something about my my, my myself. So I, I you know I, I, I do a little bit of everything. I'm thinking about getting a little bit back into online sports gambling. I've I've never done. I I was gambling in high school. Let me just start. Wait, there. what? <laughs> um, yeah. Explain so, yourself, on please. The school bus. You fuck around, double up your lunch money? What? Motherfucker, that's two pizzas on a Friday. Talk about it. We play tonk, 25 cent a hand. <laughs> you gotta pass if you tonk out, double if I catch you on the tonk out, which means I get a dollar yes, from your ass. Like, it was, it was mayhem. And then, um, I don't want to say his name, but we had a, we had a, I had a classmate who was running a bit of a betting ring. It's, it's too criminal. Text the name. But it, it was, it was... Fuck it, it was a gambling ring. We had a little gambling ring in high school. And that's how I learned odds and and over-unders and all, all of that, that stuff. stuff. I bet bet a five dollars bet five dollars on the Atlanta Falcon. This is back when Deion Sanders but Prime time. You'd win back five dollars. You know, like mm-hmm. that's how I learned. You know, mm-hmm. I did online poker okay. for a little bit until the feds until the feds shut it down. Mm-hmm. I think about you know, eight, nine years eight, ago, nine the years feds ago. came in. But this brother we have on, you know, he's had an illustrious career in journalism, first and foremost. Yeah. I, I'm going to talk about this wrestling, this time in wrestling Ooh. and shit, too. But um, also, we're going to talk to him a little bit about sports gambling and what he's doing in that capacity now in the present day, because I'm going to get paid this year, JG. I'm finna okay. catch Facts. This working shit is trash, bro. Yeah. And I appreciate having a job I like, but you don't really want to work every day. Keep betting on Chelsea, you're going to be broke. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> Who do we have on the line, Jack? We have Jonathan Coachman, a.k.a. The Coach, with us today. Jonathan has had a long career in broadcasting, from his early days as a reporter in Wichita, Kansas, to going toe-to-toe mm-hmm. with wrestlers like The Rock, as a correspondent for the WWE to becoming a sports broadcaster for ESPN. Most recently, the coach added podcast host to his resume with the daily sports betting podcast, The Early Edge. Hello, coach. Hello, everybody. It is not, not just an honor. It is, is I come to you humbly. To, I don't even know if I can if I can hang with you guys, but that was an incredible uh, introduction, Roy. It's a pleasure to be on your show, and we've got a lot to talk about. Because when you talk about job fair, when you talk about, so I looked you guys up. I did my research. 
Oh. Oh, oh shit. shit. Like a real journalist. Real journalist. Yeah. But I know that oh, what shit. you're trying to do is for a ton of good. There's a lot of different people out there. There's a lot of people that do a lot of different things that maybe you don't know you can make a living at. And I love the fact that you guys are shining a light in a funny way on a lot of different things. So it's really, really cool. That's right. It's it's an opportunity to pull the curtain back on a lot of weird shit that you know is a job, yeah. but then you don't know the inner workings of that job. Let's start with the WWE, which yes! I'll be honest, I didn't know that part of your journey until we started. Because like when you see someone yeah. on Sports Center and you go, oh, that's Sports Center. I assume the Wichita, Kansas thing. But if you'd have told me to connect the dots between Wichita to yeah. Sports Center, I would have said CNN yep. SI, and then you were at Vice Sports <laughs> for, and then there was uh, MSNBC, and then you worked at the Olympic <laughs> Channel. And then, but no, <laughs> apparently you yeah. was fighting yeah. with the yeah. Rock every yeah. Monday night on Woo! WWE Raw. Son. How do you get that <laughs> job? How do you land I, that? I, job because that ain't no, on LinkedIn. No. That ain't on Monster.com. I do a lot of speaking to uh, college age kids and high school kids because I feel like it's my duty as somebody who's been pretty good in this business to pay it forward. And I tell them all the time mm. never, ever, ever stay in your house. What I mean by that is nobody's going to come knock on your front door and you open up and go, hey, here's a million dollar mm-hmm. year job. It's not, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you got to put yourself out there in the middle of it. Now, Roy, I never had dreamed, never dreamed about going to the WWE. I was going to do the journey that you talked about. You go to Market 150, Market 75, CNN SI, and then you're hopefully mm. one day. That was my dream. So yep. I just happened to. Mm. You got to wait for somebody to retire exactly. or die and Market exactly 1 through right. 10, respectfully. <laughs> Respect. That's, That's what happened, happened JG. Mm-hmm. So, so to connect the dots, and this is crazy, I'll make it very, very quick. I start in Wichita. That was where I interned at. That was, I, I got my first job. Because the news director got fired and he wanted to piss off the station managers. So he hired somebody straight out of college, green as grass, with zero experience in Market 60. That's how I got my first job. Six months later, a buddy of mine. Now, for the people who don't understand that, that does not happen. To start in Market 60. Never happens. You're talking 150 or higher. That's damn near coming out of high school to the pros. To the pros. That's that's a jumping straight to the 100%. And in the Midwest, you, you you can you can share jobs. So we would cover K-State, KU, all the same teams. So I would already be on a channel in Kansas City. So six, eight months later, one of their guys leaves. They call up my station. Hey, can we have coach? We'll still let him work for you. So I kind of did that for only six months. A month nice. in. A, a month in to my Double job dipping. in Kansas City. WWE was red hot at the time. It was 1999, red hot. Mm-hmm. They sent me to Florida. Come back. I do a three-part series. I go to the event in Kansas City where Owen Hart famously fell from the rafters, and he died. That's how that connection happened. And so I get back to the station. We find out that – because the show continued. It didn't stop when he fell, and they had to rush him out. It It was an incredibly traumatic experience, as you can probably imagine. Out of that, though, always something can come good if you can find it. So I work all night. I'm on Good Morning America, Larry King Live, all these different shows. Yes. And I was fair. I didn't just bash Vince for carrying the show on. I was very fair. And because of that, three mm-hmm. months later, the very first SmackDown was already booked in Kansas City. They couldn't sell any tickets. Nice. So they come to me. Can you help us? And that's what started the relationship. They really liked the interaction they had with me, offered me a job. I was only in Kansas wow. City for eight months. What? And I got hired by the WWE, and that's how I started my career there. That's nice. dope. Yep. That's yep. dope, man. And... You don't and make it at the house. Every time I go home, you have to leave the house. Every time I go home and I turn on Channel 9 because my parents still live in Kansas City, part of me getting out of my contract was the WWE wrote a big check to my station in Kansas City. They were trying to buy a helicopter. They couldn't afford it. So wow. because of my check, they put a down payment on a helicopter. And now Chopper 9, every time I go home, put on the news, I say, what? you're welcome, yes. Kansas City. You are welcome, Kansas City. Legacy. True. Yes. True story. They should have named that chopper after you're the damn coast right. chopper. Yeah. You're damn right. Yes. That's the yes. coast chopper, baby. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. And and my news director told me at the time this is this is the dumbest move you could ever make in your career because you're gonna be really? you're gonna you're gonna be the number one guy here. Our number one guy at the time, Lenny Dawson, Hall of Fame quarterback, 1999. Respect. He said you're taking over for him when he steps down. When do you think he stepped down? 
I don't know. 2018. It was like 20 years oh, later. No. I would have been the number yeah. two. You would have been waiting forever. For 20 years. Yeah. But that's the that was the gig. Yeah. But that's the gig. Like if you work in radio or if you worked in in, in uh, television, you pretty much came out of college understanding, or in your case, high school, understanding, yeah. which is fucking nuts. nuts. You understand that the only way that you move up is if the person ahead of you dies. Yeah. People keep jobs forever. forever. Nobody's giving up that check. That's what I like about this current generation. They're not going to sit around and wait for it. Mm -hmm. I like that about them. I think they need a little more structure, but they're still not going to sit around and wait for it. But that's a whole other story. Well, they also need better people to to teach them. They need people like us. They they, they keep going to schools, and I don't want to bash anybody, but every time that I ran into somebody that went to Syracuse or Northwestern, because that was on their college, they felt like, oh, then I'm just destined to be at ESPN. I'm destined to be on I'm destined. No, you need real good people to teach them. And right now yes. in the podcasting world, in the TV, radio, linear, streaming, all of that, are those professors really out in the world knowing how it works? I say no. Nope. Not all That's of That's why I've taken it on myself. You guys have taken it upon yourselves to educate these people in a different way, not in a classroom. But this is a classroom. Yes, it is. Here we go. Thank you, down yes, South Georgia girl. Now, these prices have been adjusted for a little bit more present day, but a Bell 4074 blade single engine civilian helicopter mostly used for rescue and utility services, mm-hmm. such as news coverage and traffic and all of that stuff. Base model, $2.7 million, which means that down payment got to be at least half a million. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, coach. WWE wanted this motherfucker. They said, how much? Half a million ain't shit to a boss. Right? Uh Ran that. (laughs) Dropped off that briefcase. They came and got him like a top-tier soccer player in Europe. They were like, what's that? What's that signing? They did. They did. They did. All right, look, after the break, Coach, you got to break down the secrets of wrestling, okay? Mm. We appreciate how you got into WWE, but we want to know about the scam that is how is the WWE set up? Mm. How do y'all set up the matches? Who is communicating with the wrestlers in the ring? Mm. We're going to get into all of that after the break. And the homie Narado, a.k.a. Rod for short, is going to come on and uh, maybe we'll talk a little wrestling with Rod. I'm sure he has a favorite wrestler that he used to imitate. Oh, that's what we need to talk about after the break. Which wrestler did you imitate? Like, who was your one that you wanted to be in real life? Think about it. Think about it during the break while they play commercials for the podcast that y'all need to listen to. Only listen to us. What? Jive Fab, we'll be right back. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Job fair, we back in this thing. Uh, real quick, uh, JG. Yes? Sackleson State wants you to know that fall enrollment is on the way. Hmm. They encourage you to submit a photo to see if you're cute enough to go to the only community college that's for good-looking people. That's an eight or better. Uh, as you may or may not know, JG, uh, ugly people comprise about on average, 85% of the student body at most educational institutions, these ugly people distract you from learning and keep you from being able to focus on your coursework, thus leading you to repeating classes, thus leading to increased tuition, thus leading to increased tuition payments, thus leading to you begging Joe Biden for $10,000. How many people would not need that $10,000 if they were in a class of exclusively good-looking people? Sackleson State affords you that opportunity. Sackleson State Community College, only college for good-looking people. Get a 4.0, but not if you're a 4. Visit them online, sackstate.com. We're talking wrestling. 
We're just going to um, skip over all that. Okay. We don't have time. Gotcha. We don't have time. Sponsors are sponsors. You know what I'm saying? We I got the email the that told me to be quiet about sponsors. I was, okay. Uh, uh, it was attached to that avocado email. <laughs> <laughs> It's our pleasure now to bring on to the show Brothers Who Job It Is to give you a couple of topics to bring up at your job to break the ice with co-workers you can't stand, co-workers you have nothing in common with, co-workers that, you know, might be a different race than you, different gender than you, different pay grade than you. Can't twerk like you. Comes to us from Parts Unknown. He is Trojan Condoms main model. For all of their new models. I don't know if you knew that about them, JG. There's so many things I don't want to know. We found out that you put grown men in figure four leg locks. So, I've know, done so. this. <laughs> this has been an episode of Discovery. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> His mama named him Narado. You can call him Rod for short. Rod off the top. The people cannot see this, but you are wearing um, what on your head? I don't want to just call it a bonnet. It looks like some sort of hair contrapment, keep the juices and berries in type situation. So uh, let's start with that. It's it's just a very fancy shower cap for people with a lot of hair like myself. And are you in a shower robe? Yeah, I just yeah I just got the shower. I had just got the shower when I got the call to uh, log on. So you know I, I I threw my robe on immediately jumped on. So your boy coming to you butt naked and buck wild. Now I'm talking about. Of ah, no, we wow. she told okay. We're talking wrestling today, Rob. We got the homie Jonathan Coachman, former WWE personality, wrestler, announcer, etc. Who was your favorite wrestler growing up, Rob? Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid, oh. San Antonio, Texas, the finest, baby. Wow. Shout out to HBK. Mm. Okay. I that. Mine was the Ultimate Warrior. And I would take my shoestrings out of my shoes. And I didn't know that, like, the concept of, like, cutting blood flow off to limbs. Yeah. It's not good. I didn't understand. Like, you, you're you old. I'm older now. And I go, oh, wait, he was fucking on cocaine and steroids. Yes. And was just wilding. And it made his veins bigger for the promo. Very vascular. He probably loosened it up. Very yeah. vascular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I would walk around the house with my shirt off with shoestrings on my fucking arm. That's hilarious, JG, who was your one? Who was mm. your who was the one wrestler that you always like? Oh yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage. Jack wow, came in with the voice. Okay, JG. Okay, JG. It was a perfect reason because he had Miss Elizabeth. Think about it. When I was little watching wrestling, there weren't really many women wrestlers. So the only person I saw were ring girls, if they had them, and then Miss Elizabeth. And I thought Miss Elizabeth was so That's nice. true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you look back on it now, it's hella misogynistic. It was Absolutely. Very much woman, shut up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the men are talking. Yeah. Right. And then people would take it, people would beat Macho Man and just take Elizabeth. Yes. Right. What? She listen. <laughs> All right, she go to she be going. She go, okay, Randy, I'll see you back in the trailer. Kicking her Good. feet up, like, oh my! Like, big mm-hmm. boss man, and just snatch a little. I got your girl, motherfucker. <laughs> and, and be gone, be gone. Crazy, but that was I him. Enjoyed it. And, then, and she would be hostage for like six episodes before <laughs> Macho Man could win her back. Right. But he always, but he always, he always go out the way to win her back. That's what that was the crazy thing. He'd be in total despair <laughs> for weeks, despair okay. because he ain't got Miss Elizabeth. But it was a perfect tease because every week I was like, oh my gosh, I hope he gets Miss Elizabeth back. I was in front of that television. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I support all guys. I support every Third, you strike person. me as an undertake, undertaker type Ooh. nigga. Doom. Mm. Nope, sir. Nope, sir. Nope, sir. Really? Nope, sir. Brett the Hitman Heart, bruh. That was my guy. That's still my guy. The Heart Foundation was my shit. I was hurt when one of the brothers died in the the joint. In fact, this what stopped me initially from watching. I loved the Hitman, bruh. That was my guy. He he, he always came through. He was a hardcore guy. Uh, He played with, you know, he did it with his heart. Um, And um, I have no problem saying it was him. And then, very much The Rock. 
No question about it. Really? I was a huge. Oh, I still I smell what he's cooking, baby. Like that dude. I could have. Ooh, the Brahma bull gets me hyped, son. I'm sorry. I'm I could appreciate the rock, the rock, but the mm. problem was that once I got out of college and I didn't have as much of a set schedule, wrestling is very much like a soap opera. Mm-hmm. It is. Miss. If you miss five episodes, it's a wrap. Yeah. I'm like, who the fuck are these new? Who is Triple H? I'm like, what? We'll bring Rod on his program to give you topics to break the ice with people. Rod, we turn it over to you now. For your black co-workers, there's a new sexual movement on the rise thanks to Memphis rapper NLE Chopper. Um, he put out a song called Slut Me Out where he talks about Licking his girl's armpits, and that his saliva would be her deodorant. Oh. And in a, in a recent interview to explain that, <laughs> he says that a lot of stuff is now being accepted in the bedroom, and oh, he no. thinks the armpit should be added to that list. So, oh, people, no. just want to oh. send out a quick PSA licking armpits is in. Are we talking raw armpit or with that deodorant residue? <laughs> now, stop it. As as a person who has licked an armpit before, no deodorant, please. That deodorant be them, them little white naps. Hey. That, uh, Not you yeah. too. That should be like clumps uh. of, of uh, fresh out the pot crack. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That should still be wet. Like it ain't dry yet. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I ain't oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh Jacqueline I feel like we got a little too the the conversation last week got a little bit too on the boys club side with relation to masturbation and dying while having sex the wait a minute How's that, you asked her you asked her first before know, you went down the hole you asked Jacqueline first you, this is all Jacqueline's her, fault you did Jacqueline first and then and then the conversation went off a cliff of a, of you two talking about how y'all want to die in some coochie. So I'm trying to be tactful. Throw us under the whole goddamn bus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't want to die. <laughs> but so I apologize in I say all of that to apologize in advance, Jacqueline. But I have to ask because you're the only woman on the show right now. What? Has a man ever tried to lick your tussy deodorant? <laughs> 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 you know that white deodorant, you know, freaking secret. What do you use? I don't Mitchell, know. what you doing? Mitchell, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> the Mitchell is the blackest. <laughs> Has a man ever tried to lick your underarm, Jacqueline? Because this doesn't sound. What's his rapper's name again, right? NLE Chopper. I, uh. Like. This doesn't seem uh, like an erogenous zone. I don't Look know the what bristles. these men are doing. I'm just going to mute Listen, on the answer. Jack will have been engaged See, seven times. I'm pretty right? Sure. At least seven and a half. Seven engaged, and a half, right? I think it's probably licking down the middle of her head like Dean Big Brother Almighty in this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> this is... <laughs> I don't know if there's ever a scenario where I would just, in the middle of foreplay, where the thought would enter my head, lick that underarm bristle. <laughs> I mean, you want to rock the underarm hair? I mean, that's the new way to go. Folks rocking the bush and getting all natural or whatever. Please shave, I just ladies. don't know if a rapper... I just I wish rappers would quit thinking that just because you say it in a song, it's going to automatically be a trend. I don't think this one's going to catch on there. That's the same thing they told me about eating ass back in 1999. Okay, you were a pioneer. <laughs> and, okay, look where we, and look you where were. we at now. You are ahead of the curve. So so you think, I, I don't know, I, I'm going to take all of this information and uh, the next time I chaperone my daughter, her boyfriend on a date, I'm throwing this one on and just waiting for something to happen. I, I am throwing this one on. Waiting for the uncomfortability. Here's the thing about licking a woman's underarm. Oh my gosh! I think that it's something you got to break out and within the first three makeout sessions. Bro, that's the you second makeout see. session. That's- y'all, y'all don't think that's a little early? That you might don't. prevent you from getting another date immediately. I say you hold off on that one till about two months in, where y'all making out or having sex, whatever is regular. That way, you can throw that out there. Is I was just trying something that didn't work. Cool, that don't fuck up what you already established. You do that shit on the second makeout, she gonna delete your damn number. <laughs> I don't know, like, why would you want your underarm? Like, she's gotta wake up in the morning with, like, your dried slobber 
Listen, this you is right the same thing people thought when the French, Listen, when the French invented oral sex, that's the same thing people thought about that. And now it's standard practice. As soon as as soon as the first person gave somebody oral sex, everybody who ever felt it was wondering why did Adam and Eve do this right off the fucking bat? Thanks. So licking armpits might be next. First it was head, sucking toes, eating ass. Armpits might be next on the list, bro. We ain't got much left. I mean, might as well get them all and then hit all the spots on the body. But isn't the stuff made in deodorant to dry your armpits? So if you lick it with your tongue, which is wet, isn't that going to give you a dry tongue? Yeah, it is. Like, don't you want to do this? I mean, making sure, you know, she's fresh out of the shower, maybe hasn't put deodorant on, or she's wearing a, a slick gel based deodorant. Oh, okay. Because deodorant kind of stays under your arms. Like, no, the solid, the solid white powdery shit is gonna dry you out. I mean, you know, if mm. you if you ever hooked up with a girl in the '90s, you know, no matter what age you were, those were the days of black women putting baby powder on their chest and in their panties. So, if you if you touch the girl, if you hooked up with a girl in the '90s, sucked some titties, maybe ate a little pussy, then you know what it's like to have the dry deodorant tongue, because because baby powder does the same thing. <laughs> But why do they do that? I didn't do that. Why did they put that on them? It, 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 it kept them dry and smelling fresh. Oh, okay. Again, we went we went off of way it. off. Sorry. Of <laughs> I'm sorry. Way this off. This of is this is the employment podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sex work is real work, Roy. <laughs> oh, here we Guess, go. Go back to, I bet we call the sex workers back for a second round and ask about licking armpits. They'd be like, oh yeah, well, I got like 19 people who pay me to do that regularly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, what would a woman say if you just broke that out? Like, I hope she would say that's nasty. Like, but what if she like, doesn't? If it's a girl lick my underarm, and she be like, "This is what I'm into." I'm like, hey. hey, wait a minute, that's the difference. I ain't say we ain't said nothing let's yet. Just, let's just watch. we ain't let's said nothing the whole time <laughs> about no girl licking us. We ain't said one time about no girl licking our under. I would I mean, never. It's the, it's the same. Never thing. force a girl to. I, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't force a girl to. No, girl wants to lick my underarm. underarm. She got free reign. She got free oh reign. Whatever only she want to lick, you go for it. You know I am not gonna have dinner tonight. I'm not eating. You I don't, don't even know dinner? what other story you had for us, but I don't want to hear it. We're done. <laughs> We're done here. The podcast is on the ride story clinic. Jacqueline, I'm sorry for driving us off a cliff two weeks in a row. I accept full responsibility. I should have just let him read the story and went, oh, that's interesting. What's your next story, right? That's what I should have done. You you said two weeks in a row. I feel like Rod has, Rod has talked about dogs for two weeks in a row. That's all I've heard. Everything else, you know, he talked about dogs. We ended up down a rabbit hole last week talking about David Carradine choking himself while jacking (laughs) off of the closet. I mean, he did it. This is an employment podcast. Stop it. It takes art facts, a big part of employment. See? (laughs) And it is a fact that David Carradine choked himself to death, masturbating with belt riders. Allegedly. Thank you, Lee's department. Rod, thank you as always. Thank you, Rod. Bless up. <laughs> Get Coachman on here. Scam of the week time. What are what are the difference in the similarities in that job journalistically with the WWE? Because I feel like, you know, Ooh. people go, oh, it's scripted. It is still physicality. It is still entertainment. It is still a presentation. And you have Series to. Series cardio. Because it is, it is real, you have to own it as real. But journalistically, do you have different objectives when you're interviewing The Rock versus interviewing some wide receiver after you call? I, I was very lucky because I got to do all the different jobs. I came in as an announcer. Then I became a wrestler. I got in the ring. I was with these guys, went through tables so I can experience it from all different sides of the fence, so to speak. Because I know the wrestlers yes. respect you more because you were one of I them. And then you transcend <laughs> into yes. covering them. So we take journalistic, that, that word journalism, that doesn't exist in wrestling. This is a show. It is mm. entertainment. And we love to use the word choreograph because I've seen regular people in a regular setting tell one of my WWE superstar brethren that it is fake. And let me tell you, it did not end up well for that person. The easiest way I can describe it is if I pick you up over my head for a power slam or a body slam or whatever, do you or do you not have to land somewhere? The answer is yes. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So if you look at it like that, then Fair. we learn how to fall. And even though we're professionals, mm. we still got hurt. There's still serious injuries. Mm. I once asked Tito Ortiz. I said, hey, man, he came to WrestleMania in Seattle sitting right next to me. I said, hey, Tito. Mm. And at the time, he was one of the top UFC guys in the world. I said, could you do this? He goes, oh, 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 oh I'm not tough enough to do this. True story. Mm. That was a quote. Ooh. Because uh, UFC, UFC fighter, fighter said, said that. Because yeah. he understands what it takes. He understands what the guys go through. He understands. It, it, when I started getting in the ring, when Vince came to me in the WWE gym one day, he says, Coach, you're just too big to keep doing interviews. I need you to do something else. Oh. But you can talk. You're a great heel. I think you can be somebody that we can count on because in wrestling, you always have a heel and a baby face. You've never really had a heel announcer that got in the ring that could get physical. That never happened before. And so okay. I thought I thought this is a great idea. I can make it history. I can change things a little bit. And then when I started training, I was like, oh shit, what did I just get myself into? It is the hardest thing. Now for the people who don't know, so Babyface is like Correct. a hero, yeah. like the rock, right. and a hero Correct. is a villain. Thank bad you. guy Correct. antagonist, if you will. And, and how they use me was, say you're at a, at a show that's not on TV, you always want the crowd, the fans to go home happy, which means the baby face always has mm. to win for them to go home happy. With me as a heel, I would, oh. start, I would start ring announcing. So in the last match, say it was Chris Jericho against The Rock, whoever, you could have Chris Jericho win, he's a heel, and the crowd unhappy, mm. and then all of a sudden, maybe The Rock can beat me up, put me through a table. Now they go home happy. See how now that now you can do a lot more mm. things within a show? Because we put these wrestling matches together as a show. It's not as the, yes. this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. You put it together because when people come, they want to see what they see on TV. They want to see the same guys, the same ladies, the same everything. So you have to give it to them. You mm -hmm. have to give it to them. How many, how many, how many of those shows? Because I like what you said, the, the, the idea of choreography, mm -hmm. right? So... How many of those shows did you help choreograph from like the root to the two? Because uh, like, I think um, producing a show in wrestling is difficult. It's the hardest thing. It's really? I'm going to throw you into the yeah. turnbuckle and then I'm going to throw you this. Like that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. What video was that? There There was some video where a guy was talking about how wrestlers can sometimes whisper to one another mm. what they're going to do yeah. so you can anticipate it physically or whatever. But is it down to the every move choreographed or is it just we know the outcome of this match and we know the ebb and flow so let's just do shit that matches that predetermined ebb and flow great question great question we have what they call agents meaning like older wrestlers who used to be really really good they're hired and say roman reigns is fighting brock lesnar on on that particular show then that agent arn anderson you you name it they would then work with them and the vince and the creative team would say this is the story that we want to tell Go out there and physically tell it. So I tell people all the time, there are levels to this game. You don't see a college player dominating in the NFL. You don't see a Little League player dominating in Major League Baseball. Pro wrestling is the same. So to answer your question, Roy, mm. I once was going to wrestle Ric Flair in Afghanistan at our Christmas show there. Hey, coach, we need, we need an extra match. How about you and Rick? Rick respected me so much. He says, hey, coach, we'll just call it out there. What that means is we call every move out there. And some guys are so good, you can do what Roy talked about. You can nice. say, all right, let's whip you into the corner. Uh, you know, you put three or four together. They're so good at it. I was never good at it. I said to Rick, I said, Rick, I'm not trained like Shawn Michaels. I'm not trained like I, I can't just call <laughs> it out there. But he respected me enough to think that I could. But usually the match is put together, and then the last two minutes is scripted move by move because when you're on a tv show you can't, you can't run, run over. over you can't bleed into a commercial at the time you, you correct know. and right. then also the referee is being communicated by vince and now he stepped down whoever is going to be on the headset and say okay we got 90 seconds we got a minute and if they have to cut something out they got to cut it out it's on to them to be professionals to get it done okay wow but then in that but then in that regard if we're talking about a choreographed match down to mm -hmm. the timing of when it concludes Who's keeping the clock? Because in live television, you know, for live unscripted show, like we did, we like, like, okay, for the Daily Show, perfect example. On election nights, we go live, live down to the second. Mm -hmm. And there is flashing, there's lights, there's numbers. I assume in that type of arena, you can't have that because Correct. there's too many fans, Correct. there's too many eyeballs. In a studio, you can hide mm -hmm. cameras and message boards and LED shit. 
Where the fuck? Who like is the ref just in your ear? Right? Wrap it up, motherfucker. Hold on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, do they flash a light at y'all or some shit? Like, you got two minutes left. Like, the referee's got an IFB in his ear, and they communicate with him the entire match. If where where the wrestlers come out, if you walked opposite and walked right back, Vince is sitting right there, and then you've got a guy. Normally, it's an agent who's on the wow. creative team that's in charge of timing, and he sits at a table and mm. he time. And so, mm-hmm. if, if say two wrestlers go over when they rock back through that curtain, the first person they see is the timer, and he lights them up. True, Bingo. true story. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, true story. Two thousand six, two thousand seven. Rock was already the biggest star in the world, and I was doing a, a storyline with this guy named Eugene, who was kind of like a Rain Man character that all he wanted to do was make friends. And with all the biggest stars of all time. So it was going great. People hated me. I wanted him out. I never could get him out, right? So Rock calls us up and says, hey, you're going to be in San Diego. Let me come down. I'll do something with Coach and with Eugene. He hadn't been on TV with us in forever. Nobody knew he was going to. I'm getting goosebumps telling you the story right now. This is crazy. This is crazy. So we Mm. snuck him into the arena. If we could just drop in like Dave Chappelle. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But here's here's the kicker to the story. Triple H, who's now in charge of creative, Triple H and The Rock never liked yes. each other. They were always like this, um, always like this. So tri- Triple H. Like real life or just within the construct of yes the entertainment? Yes yes. I mean, I think they respect. I, I, I think they respect each other, but, but when you're talking about, you know, Keep when you're going. talking a million dollars to be in the main event at WrestleMania, there's competition there, right? So, yeah, and I think yeah. and Triple H wanted to be a movie star, did a couple of movies, Blade Three, but he never. I don't think he ever got to where Rock was again. Yeah. So, but pro- professionally, they did not like each other. So Triple H had the crossover segment, meaning the. Uh, uh, the hour in between. So if you're on from nine to 11 crossovers at mm-hmm. 10 o'clock. So if you go long, then it's taken out of that crossover segment. Mm-hmm. So I go back and I'm with, I said, rock, this feels kind of long. They only gave us 11 minutes. Rock looked at me and says, coach, what have I always told you? If it's great, they'll never say anything to you. And he goes, and this, this is shit. And I was like, all right, let's go. Let's go. So I go out. Here comes Eugene. I'm berating him. The crowd's calling me every name in the book. Asshole, this is that. <laughs> Eugene, look it up on YouTube. He backs up the ramp. They hit Rock's music. The place comes unglued. It's the only time in my entire career I came out of character. And Rock comes out in this blue and white sweatsuit looking like a million dollars. He tells, let's go down to the ring. Comes down. It was the first time. I ever got to insult the rock back and forth. We were on the same playing field. So we go 22, 23 minutes. And then I realized afterwards, the whole reason that rock wanted to go that long time was to take time out of triple H's match in the cross. That's hilarious. Oh. Word. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yes, oh, which is also something <laughs> that comedians do. They do. Really? Yes, do they really? Do they really? Oh, wrong. oh yeah. <laughs> After the break, we're getting into the world of employment. It's the job fair. We'll be right back. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Job fair, round and third, get it for home. Jonathan Coachman still with us. Coach, tell us a little bit about where you are now. We talked about where you were with ESPN and WWE and everything in Kansas City doing local news. So talk to us about the early edge and talk to us about the sport, the world of sports betting 
and everything that you're doing over there now, man. Talk to us about this podcast. COVID and 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 you've come to the right place. You you've you're interviewing the right man. So during COVID, like a lot of people, I I had three amazing jobs, but they were all traveling. So I so everything got shut down right for six or eight months. So I sat back and I said, where can I go that I can make a difference? That I know the landscape and that I don't have to move out of California where I live. So okay. Sportsline was always going and you had cappers and you had, but they never really had promotion. So I sent together an entire promotion and I said, let me do this. We created the early edge in December of 2020. We've been on the air every single day since December 1st of 2020. And now we are the leading wow. sports betting place, whatever platform, whatever you want to call it. Cause a lot of people who sell picks in Vegas or whatever, they charge $500, $1,000. We charge $10 a month. We want people to come play with us, to learn with us, to be educated. Because the biggest problem, Roy, in sports betting is people get out of control. Money management. They don't know what they're doing. They're not educated. They just bet to bet. That's not what we do. When you come with us. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. That's, that's always been my fear with sports betting is that you lose, you get a bad beat, mm -hmm. as they like to call it, a team that for sure should have won mm -hmm. for every reason, didn't win or didn't score the amount of points you thought they were going to score. And so then the next day you're trying to get it back and you're trying to get it back oh. and then you start chasing it. And so for me, I enjoy sports betting, but I enjoy long-term sure. like future bets, like over under win mm -hmm. losses for the season where I put my money down. Like, I, I forgot to make the bet I should have this year for the Cincinnati Reds to lose at least 100 games. <laughs> That's a good and, bet. That's a good bet. Is and that then the I get to enjoy the whole year. That's a damn good bet. <laughs> is it profitable, Jack? Oh, that is the change the question. Okay. So, you know, it's, but you know, a lot of people are different. They like doing daily stuff and they can do it responsibly. Mm -hmm. And it's cool that there's a spot set up. But, what dictates, I guess for me with sports betting and handicapping and giving people recommendations, we know your expertise because you've watched sports from every possible angle. You know all the nuance from single mm -hmm. A ball and NCAA. You covered high school sports. You played high school sports, two-time yep. champion, uh -oh. according yes, to uh, Booker Hayat mm -hmm. in the research, two That's basketball true. rings. Mm -hmm. Thank you. But Thank you. How can me, Joe Blow Dummy, be able to disertain between a quality sports betting person who's giving recommendations and picks and someone who's full of shit and just taking my money? Mm. In, in today's society, there are so many good <laughs> handicappers out there that work for networks, that work for ESPN or work for us at CBS. You don't need to pay $500 for picks. You don't need to pay $1,000 for picks. You don't need to do that. You need to educate yourself. And part of the reason Vegas did this, Roy, for so long is that people are lazy. They don't want to put in the work. Mm. And so what we do at the early edge, it's not just – we're not just giving you picks. We give you the information. If you choose to make that pick, good on you. We're really, really good at it. But we also tell you, this is on you. Okay. It's not on us. And we're building such a community. And so when we win, it feels good. But the little nice. little dirty secret in sports betting, nobody wins every bet. And yet people at home, nobody. if you lose one. I had a guy yesterday, 70% of unders in preseason games last year in 2021 came in. 70%. So last night I said, hey, we're going to play the two unders. But be very careful. He tweets at me today, coach. You give out bullshit picks. You lost me huge oh. on that preseason under. Oh. And I said to him, I said, my you, brother, you. I said, if you are betting huge on a preseason game, you've got a lot <laughs> more fishes to fry than your boy right here. <laughs> Talk about And if you're betting on preseason unders, huge, mm. you've got bigger fish to mm. fry Not than your boy season. right here. And the preseason unders, you're a bold dude. You kind, coach. You should have told that motherfucker, come yeah. over to my house so I can lift your ass up and yeah. you know, it, a table. It's so funny. <laughs> I tell these people all the time on Twitter, I say, listen, I have never one time tweeted something to anybody that I would not say to their face. Now, I'm 6'3", 250. Mm -hmm. I know that most people in this world are not going to step to me. But never once has a person who has tweeted me, and I've called some out. They'll be like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Pickle5403 <laughs> on Twitter. I'm like, oh, you're the dude that said X, Y, and Z. Just like the captain, mm. just like Derek, just like MJ on their documentaries. I remember. I remember what you said, and I'm here to help you. If you don't want help, go over here. But there's a reason you came to us, Roy, because you couldn't do it on your own. That's why you needed us, mm. and that's the whole yeah. point. Ooh. 
Okay, I have one more thing. And I'm curious about what happens, Coach. How do we help people when the gambling goes from like a fun, harmless diversion to an unhealthy obsession with serious consequences? How do we help those people as well? It, it happens to us all the time. And I'm I'm so transparent mm-hmm. on our show because there's a lot of bad habits. Yes. This is not a great habit unless you are in control. You say all the time, if you've got 100 bucks, your bet should be a dollar. You should never bet over 1% Mm. of what you have in your bankroll, okay? That's what what it may not sound like a lot of money, but you've got to be able to handle the ups and the downs. I tell people, if this stops being fun, so I've had three or four days where I've lost some, some, I I had a a run where I was like 63 and 20, and then you get sick of baseball a little bit, you're getting ready for NFL, you get bored, stop. I have not made a bet in three or four days. I've made some picks, but I haven't made the bets because Mm -hmm. right now when you're not putting as much into it, then you got to say, and I'm honest. I'm like, listen, I'm a little bored with baseball right now, but here's the two picks I like. That's you can good. play them if you want, but also, Roy, people got to understand working from home, world is different. You've got to have some self control. Mm-hmm. You got to have some discipline, and you got to have some discipline in your life, whether yes. it's professionally working yes. or whether it, it's, it's sports betting. So that's that's what we preach. Indeed. I have one yes. question, Coach. Anything. One very simple All question. Right. Take us home, third. Please tell me that sports line does something with the Premier League and Fantasy Premier. Please tell me that you all do something with Fantasy Premier and soccer. There, I need soccer there is no other place other than Sportsline that you even need to go. I have the two greatest soccer handicappers in the world at my fingertips. We literally just did a few I'll be signing up. episode. I'll be, I'll be signing Ten, up. Say $10 less. a month. I believe $10 you. A I'll month. be signing up. We got you I'm covered. Good. Say less. I'm we on it. We got you covered. I'm on it. All of it. Premier, Serie A, Bundesliga, <laughs> Bundesliga's two, League One. We got it all. Oh, you're we speaking got my it language. All. He's speaking my language. Got it all. Did you hear that? It's a black person that knows more than one sports. I, I know I'm, I'm, all. I'm done. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I'm good. Last thing, too. For anybody out there that thinks you're going to start a podcast or you think you're going to start this or that, be an expert at what you do, please. I'm so tired of hearing from you. I'm so tired of hearing from Hey, I'm mm. doing this and I'm an expert. Really? I'm an expert. This is what an expert looks like in the world of sports. There's not a sport that you can bring up that I can't Mm -hmm. talk about intelligently. That's how you get all these different jobs. All the jobs that you guys do, if you can't talk intelligently, you're not going to get them. So young people, if you want to start your own show, if you want to do all of that, be an expert at what you do. Be willing to learn. Always. Always. Bars. And leave the house. house. Leave the house. house. The Sports Betting Podcast is the early edge. You are a plethora of knowledge. We got to get you back on because I want to hear some firing (laughs) stories from wrestling. So we're going to have you back. He is the coach, Jonathan Coachman. Thank you so much for being here. It was my pleasure. Anytime you guys call me, I'll be here. That's the show. Coachman, thank you so much for coming on. Roy's Job Fair is a product of iHeartMedia, Comedy Central, Paramount, and South Park and Princeton Productions. Learned a lot today. Probably learned more than we needed to. Um, thank you to Brother Coachman. Yes. And, uh, I'm going to look back at this episode as the one that Coachman taught me how to bet. Mm-hmm. You know. This has been a, this is good. This is good. I have a if question. If he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, it's mm. fine. Now, remember, last time you asked a question, we started talking about underarms and having sex. That is arms. not true. That was Rod. What's your question? I was going to just say, next week, will you tell us about Hawaii? How much you enjoyed yourself, or if you enjoyed yourself, and if you had a hot dog from one of the other islands? Yeah, I might have a hot dog. I'll tell you about Hawaii. Okay, thanks. I'm still checking on the Emmys to see if you can (laughs) Checking on that as well. If Coachman wasn't the guest today, we would have just named this episode Armpit Love. Oh. Armpit Love. (laughs) But instead, we got to call it wrestling. Out of the skin. I almost wish it was Women's Month because you need an armpit love song now. We need. <laughs> no, we do not. We need an armpit love song. No, we don't. Jacqueline, yeah. Jacqueline, please take us out on some Macho Man Randy Savage again. Please. Oh, yeah. Miss Elizabeth. You know what, Gene? You see? Rises to the top, huh? Yeah, Eugene Oakley. Oh, yeah.
This has been a Comedy Central podcast. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.